Mary. Hello, Valen. How are you? I got scared. Why'd you get scared? <laughs> you scared me. You didn't think I was uh, gonna talk to you? <laughs> no. You wanna, you wanna bring your mic back down a little? <laughs> sure. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're just you're having a great time. You got lots of baby snuggles already. I did. I did. You're eating some Christmas cookies, but re- responsible amount. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would take it. That's fine. That's, yeah. I didn't eat food today. Neither did I. Actually, okay. I had half a peanut butter sandwich and uh, this half of a wild cherry Pepsi. Oh. Plus, like, a whole pot of coffee. I take great care of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So, how are, how are finals going? Fine. You know. That's good. Uh, Your what, enthusiasm weird, for well, no, astounds me. What's weird is that, like, you have this real-time... Event. So, yeah. like, put the grades in, they get it on their phones. And then they come and accost me in my classroom saying, Miss T, why am I now getting this grade? And I was like, Miss T didn't do really well on the final. And it's just, like, awkward. Right. And I wish there wasn't that components. Sure. I think, really, when you boil it down, most industries would be so much better were it not for the uh, people that intersect the other side of that industry for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. That's how it goes. Does he ever fall asleep standing up in that thing? Um, he gets close. Mm. He's gotten close a couple times. That's when I know it's time to put him down for a nap. Yeah, right now he's just chilling. He's just digging it. Good for him. Yep, there's gonna be a lot of thumbs talking in there. A lot of a lot of drums. Yeah. Uh, there's the little. So behind him, there's the little owl. Yeah. That you you hit the leaf yeah. and the owl. Yeah. He tries to eat it. He really really wants to eat that. There is a we have something similar and. Uh, there are fun little gadgets all across of it, all across around it, or whatever. Yeah. And then there's just this one little nub. It doesn't really do anything, and that is absolutely the thing that she wants to get in her mouth the most. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's this the... teeny little nub. Yeah. Doesn't do anything else. He he likes to scooch around on the floor. So he's he's almost a crawler now. Yeah. Yes. And but he likes to scooch around on the floor and like the play mat. It has those little like protective edges. Yeah. Yeah, he'll peel those back and he'll just shove one in his mouth. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Now I just have to, like, really go over the, all the kind, like, my biggest move is when, like, shopping shit comes and there's a tag. I'm like, floor. Yep. Yeah. And I just have to find all those now. <laughs> the whole house for the potential choking hazards. Yeah. I'm just going to do a deep vacuum. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, the robot vacuum is nice for that. Yeah, Paul won't let me get one. Why not? Because he thinks it's gonna just be, we'll just be emptying it of dog hair every day. Well, yeah, like, yeah. But how is that different than? Fa- I was like, that seems like it's better than going all over the place to get the dog hair. To me, it seems like the idea of a vacuum or a broom or any apparatus that cleans in your house is to pick up dog hair. You would be correct, Nolan. You are correct as well. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, I know. I don't get his logic, and it's it's. It's not even an issue to put, throw yeah, it out. I, ah. Yeah, he's uh, an idiot. So <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so. Okay. Here we Those, are. Your words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On that note, yeah. uh, should, we should probably start the show, hey? Yeah, excellent. Ladies, rise up. This story hasn't been really weird yet. It's a little weird. As is customary in my Wisconsin history stories, a cannon comes into play. Of course it does! Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Why would I 
think that. I would not think <laughs> that things were better anywhere around this shithole. Hell on earth. I'm perfect just the way I am. Aww. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. Swatch them buckles, girl. Yo, yeah. like that guy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely don't do it. But just know that Pull Mary it. is giving yeah. you a, a roadmap to a very dark place. All right. Welcome into Muskrat House, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Colin. My friend's name is Mary. Together, uh, we put together this little podcast thing. It's basically like an internet radio show. We do things a little differently around here. Mm-hmm. We have a different intro every week. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Wisconsin history. And we swear a whole bunch. And we talk about our kids a lot. We do. <laughs> See? And they join us. Mm-hmm. Almost every time. It is my week this week. We're also like right in the middle of the Advent season. Wow. Very, very Christian of you. Yeah, right? Right? Where's my advent calendar? Do you have the candles? Yeah. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I have a very specific question for you, Mary. Yeah. Why do you hate Christmas? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, because of, uh, I just don't like, you know, the Who's. Sure. Their little villages. Yeah. And their little, their goddamn old noses and just the, really the, upset me. And the Who's singing. And, and the, the who's, who's singing. You know who has, who has quite the Who knows? Is uh, Jessica. She's really? A little, yeah, she has a little Whoville nose. Okay. And okay. it's dumb. <laughs> and it makes me think of Christmas joy and spirit, and I hate it. It upsets me. See, that's why you need a best friend like Al. <laughs> you need something like that in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe, like, you know, members of your family died in a Christmas-related accident, kind of like that girl from the Gremlins. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that's a real bummer. I'm going to be honest with you. I never saw the Gremlins. Get out. I can make references. No, you can't. Like, you know, like, don't put a Furby in the microwave after midnight and don't, like, yeah. feed, feed feed the Furby after midnight. And yeah. there are only two rules. Don't feed it after midnight and don't get it wet. What about the microwave? No, the microwave is what killed it. That's a good idea. Oh, okay. It's what you do with gremlins. Okay, so before we got off topic with the gremlins... One of the top five Christmas movies ever made. Microwaves. Um, and microwaves. Yeah. Basically, uh, family members dying are one of the only reasons you should really hate Christmas. And even then, we have a pretty nice example of why, you know, maybe that's even an incorrect position. Okay. Yeah. So this uh, classic tale of Christmas in the Midwest begins like so many others in a shipyard in Milwaukee. Mm. It was there in 1868. The ship, the Rouse Simmons, was christened. It was a 132-foot, three-masted schooner, and named in honor of one of the ship's primary investors, uh, Rouse Simmons of the Kenosha Simmonses, the mattress kings of the Midwest. I have a question. Yeah. Do they still sell mattresses? I don't know if the, if the Simmons, like, company is still... Or is the name of its still... Own? Like, the names is still around, I yes. feel like. Okay, great. Yeah, Simmons Beauty Rest is a thing. Excellent. Yeah. Um... But I don't know if that family itself is still running that company. Oh, that family's dead, Colin. <laughs> well, not these guys. No, Colin, they're all dead and they buried themselves in their own mattresses. That is the Simmons promise. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> all right. It's so good because of the bones. It really gives you good support. It's, it's good structure. <laughs> uh, so, 
<laughs> so right around uh, the same year, uh, 1868, uh, up in a town now called Algoma, um, her future and final captain was born. Uh, Herman Schooneman was the third of six children, but the closest to his oldest brother, August. Great. Yeah. It is. It, it's never, never going to get tired of hearing it. Are you, <clears throat> are you an Augie or a Gus? Um, I would switch between the two. Okay. There's something really nice about Augie. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels right. Yeah. Um, like, he should be playing baseball in, like, a comic book from the 50s Absolutely, or something. yeah. Um, where Gus obviously makes me think of a cartoon mouse. Gus, and Gus. No, Yeah, no one will ever... <laughs> so if he was fat, he's yeah. a Gus... He's no yeah. Gus Gus. <laughs> but if he's, like, a, you know, slender, strong-willed Strapping. sort of child, yeah. yeah, then he's an Augie. Yeah. Um, maybe Augustus, if I'm feeling regal. I like August more than... August. Well, no, I have a nephew named yeah, Augustus, so... Um, Which is so... God, thank you. It's a name. Yeah. It's a name and a half. I hope he does something awesome. He will. You can't be Roman Augustus and work at Foot Locker. Yeah, he's not going to. <laughs> he's going to destroy a Foot Locker with his bare hands. Yeah, right? <laughs> like when the world is reduced to ash. Yeah. Like he is like yeah. the warlord of this region. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah, that's what happens. But either way, little Augie, uh, when he was, uh, you know, of age... Uh, took off for a life on the Great Lakes, and it wasn't long until his kid brother Herman joined him on the journey. Sure. Uh, the mid to late 1800s was the absolute high point for sailing ships on the Great Lakes. Uh, so they were coming in at just the perfect time. Schooners like the Rouse Simmons uh, were tearing shit up on Lake Michigan literally daily. Uh, most of them on timber runs for the wildly expanding towns on the lakeshore, like, like Milwaukee, Chicago, Sheboygan, Green Bay... Uh, you know, basically... Playing all the hits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pick a place. Yep. From, like, South Bend up into... Yep. Green Bay. Sure. And there was just tall ships everywhere. Yep. It's like every old white dude's, like, wet dream right there. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of big-masted ships coming in. Mm-hmm. If you have a mustache, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> and also different neighborhoods in Chicago for very different reasons. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. <laughs> um... By the time the Rouse Simmons was pushed out of port for the first time, she joined the company of nearly 2,000 ships on Lake Michigan alone. So if you were to factor that in in other places like Superior, uh, you know, Huron, Ontario, Erie, uh, I think I got them all. F- don't. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> don't, don't ever do that to me again. Okay. All right? Okay. You're talking of a bare minimum uh, of, like, 10,000 ships. Just... Littering all of these lakes, and people are just like shitting off them and said, That's yeah, not no. neither here nor there. Yeah, but, I know, but they yeah. certainly did litter yeah. all the lakes. Yes. Yeah. It's important for me that you guys know that people probably just pooped off the side of these boats. Probably. All the time. All the time. Yeah. They did it. Yeah. The first fleet that the Rouse Simmons joined was for the Hackley Corporation in Michigan. Um, in its heyday from the 1870s to late 1880s, uh, the Rouse Simmons was making weekly runs from Upper Michigan to ports down the lake, including several massive shipments to Chicago to help it rebuild after the Great Fire. From, like, if you remember earlier episodes, uh, we talked about Beaver Island, which is, like, halfway between <laughs> mm-hmm. Upper Michigan and the Mitten. Um, mm-hmm. The Rouse Simmons did a lot of runs from there. It takes about five days to get from Chicago, from Beaver Island to Chicago. Okay. Um, we're just going to completely ignore how much you giggled at Beaver Island. And yeah. we'll move on. So, if it's doing weekly runs from Upper Michigan to Chicago, it's basically, it's never leaving, it's never not moving through the water, pretty much. It's just constantly doing something. 
Henry Schooneman and his brother August, at this time in the late 1880s, have moved to Chicago. They went into business together. Like lots of people who were ship captains or ship crewmates, uh, they had several business interests in Milwaukee and Chicago. Uh, saloons and, you know, diners and sh- shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just little things they could throw money into and pull money out when they feel like it. Um, but their main point of interest was a pretty peculiar Midwest business at the time, which was uh, Christmas trees. Aww! Yeah! Oh, Tannenbaum. Right? Uh, the heavy German population of Illinois and Wisconsin. What? See what I did? I do. I do. And then you said German. Yep. All right. That's what, yeah. All right. We have chemistry. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is a good back and forth. This is a good I, back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Witty repartee. So the German population in Illinois and Wisconsin had been decorating trees since they got here. But for the rest of the country, it really wasn't as big a thing. People like New Englanders didn't really do it. Uh, major cities didn't really have like a citywide Christmas tree really until uh, just after the turn of the 20th century. Hmm. Um yeah, so right around the time... Well, they're the dum-dums. Right? Yeah. Because Christmas trees are fun. Look at my dilapidated, hollow tree that a child has thrown ornaments all across the house from. It looks wonderful. It's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. And it just warms my heart and makes me just a little stressed out every time I look at it. <laughs> and that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah, good. Uh, um, so the Schooneman family had a little bit... Uh, they cornered the market a little bit uh, on the Christmas trees. They were just like, just under the nose... In terms of when everyone started Got it. bringing in Christmas tree ships. They would sign on with older schooners and make uh, late season runs from Michigan right around Thanksgiving uh, from timber farms, both uh, in northern Michigan, the Mitten part, and mm-hmm. the UP. Um, and they would run them down to Chicago and sell them right off the ship. Mm-hmm. Like I said, at, at the heyday of this, there was, you know, at the time there would be a couple dozen Christmas tree ships all around Chicago. That's so um, cool. But Schooneman was like this super traditional one. Um and uh, he was selling them right off the deck for, uh, you know, 75 cents to a dollar mm-hmm. um, a tree. And this made them kind of uh, Chicago celebrities uh, docking up their ship. They were the Belushis. Right? <laughs> they were basically the precursors of the Belushis. <laughs> um, and so when they would, like, dock their ship at Clark Street Bridge, it would make front page news in all the papers. Like, it was, they were, like, big time people. The Chicago Daily News... Uh, even said that Christmas season didn't start until the Schoonemans docked at Clark Street. Nice. That's like, that's what it meant to these people. To just have one dude selling them dead trees. Sort of alive trees, dying trees. Yes, slowly dying yeah. trees. In October of 1898, Henry Schooneman and his wife welcomed their uh, two twin girls into the family. Aww. Yeah. Uh, with the children being so young, Henry decided to stay behind on the November run, uh, mind his family and their saloon rather than sail with his brother. It was the only uh, year that Henry would not make the Christmas tree run in his entire career. Uh, that year, uh, August bought an interest in an older schooner from Milwaukee named the Esthal. Uh, the Esthal was long past its life expectancy on the lake, and August loaded it extra heavy. It'll be fine. It's Everything's going to turn out great. Yep. Don't worry. Uh, it, it didn't... It did encounter some rough waters uh, near Glencoe, Illinois, on its run, and um, it kind of shattered to pieces in in the rocks. Sure. Uh, And August Schooneman and uh, the rest of the crew, 13 or 14 hands, were lost. That we know of. Yes. Yeah. We're pretty sure. Okay, are we pretty (laughs) sure? We're pretty sure they're all dead. All right. It's nothing to laugh at, but 
Mm. I don't know. We put it up really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not laughing, you're crying. Yeah, you know? it's been a long time. Yeah. I feel like I don't care enough. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta die somehow, exactly. Colin. You know? Everyone dies of something. I'm not dying on a shipwreck, I'll tell you that much. Oh, God. I <laughs> hope not. That Jesus suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry took over the family business on his own and continued making Christmas trees uh, with his own crew starting the very next year. So it took him uh, a couple months just be like, yeah, I, just, I gotta make money doing Christmas trees. I don't know what else I'm gonna do. Right. Um, Henry's tenure as captain of the Christmas tree ship carried on August memory and then some, actually. Uh, for one, Henry was a bit more of a marketer than his older brother. Uh, he made the ships run into the Clark Street Bridge in Chicago just like a real-ass event every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, he started tying a Christmas tree to the main mast of the ship. Um, it's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Like, you see, like, a snow-flocked tree, like, 80 feet up in the that air. That is dope. Yeah. It's... We should, everyone uh, down at the dock should be doing that. Mm-hmm. For real. Because that is, uh, you know, it's enough to even make the grimiest Chicago douchebag just temporarily loosen his butthole a little bit. Like Jim Belushi? Just like Jim Belushi, All yes. Right, R.I.P. <laughs> is Jim the one that's dead? Or I don't that... know. No, John is. Jim's the one that does those shitty sitcoms. Oh, then, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, then John Belushi. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah. I don't know. Don't care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At least you're consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, Schooneman also lowered his prices. Uh, the Chicago Daily News had reported that uh, 75 cents would give you the very best pick of the trees on deck, but there are trees to be had at or below 50 cents. <laughs> Which seems like even a crazy-ass deal in, like, 1900s. Money. Yeah, it's a dollar. Yeah. I would pay a dollar for a tree. Right? In 1900. I mean, depending on my situation, yeah. I guess. You drop, like, 30 bucks now, and you're gonna get, like, a Charlie Brown-ass tree. Yeah, no, we paid 65 for ours. Yes. Yeah. People are at my door. It's fine. Uh, I was like, my tree's not over there. <laughs> <laughs> that tree cost us, uh, $60 three years ago. Nice. So each Christmas... The cost-benefit goes up. That is true. Yeah. Or whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, he was also, I guess, return on investment is the better... I don't care. Christmases per dollar? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Captain Schooneman was also very, very into the whole Christmas spirit. Uh, Schooneman regularly regularly gave trees away for free mm-hmm. uh, to needy families. That's nice. It's really nice. And even invited them, along with reporters, uh, to dine or share a drink below deck. His goodwill and uh, his willingness to sell trees well below the market value gave him the nickname in the press, Captain Santa. Yeah. Yeah, which is such a great name, isn't I it? I am very jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you want him to be, like, in, like, a Santa suit, but then, like, a captain's hat? Maybe an admiral's. Oh. From this point on in the story, he is wearing a Santa suit with a cap- with a red little... Eye patch. Oh. Red satin eye patch. I like it. I like it. And obviously his white hair that flows down into braids. Oh, God. That's, yeah. That's gorgeous. I know. He <laughs> looks so regal. I know. Uh, Schooneman continued to make runs, dressed as we discussed, uh, through the turn <laughs> of the century. And then uh, in 1910, it was time to get a new boat. Mm. So he purchased a one-eighth share of a new schooner. Yes, ma'am. What about a sleigh? I really hope that he had a sleigh. <gasps> what if he put reindeer in the on the front, like it was a big reindeer? I just like, got chills. 
at one point in my mind I saw eight reindeer like just doggy paddling through the lake. But that's too dark. So <laughs> So you know how like pirate ships have the mermaid? Yeah. Let's just yeah. put a reindeer up there. Let's... Like this yep. oh! Oh! And it's and it's Rudolph and it's a red nose. Amazing. <laughs> Okay. We have fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good times. Um, So some of you, uh, before we... Most of you are enthralled by our depiction of Captain Santa and the SS Christmas. Right. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there may be uh, some of you astute listeners out there who said, wait a second, a one-eighth share in a new schooner? That's right, and here's why. Um, a lot of ship captains were not paid very well. They didn't get a lot of money. Uh, having a share in an investment of a boat is usually the best they can do. It's really hard to buy your own boat, like, outright. Because mm-hmm. boats are expensive, you know? Boats reindeer bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas time. Spare no expense. Uh, the ship that he purchased <laughs> a share in was the Rouse Simmons. Mm. Uh, no. I remember that from earlier in the story. Yeah, see? I sort of took two narratives and I wove them together. Yeah. Like a beautiful Christmas quilt. It all comes together. That's nice. That's nice. So, the life expectancy of a ship on the Great Lakes at that point, a Great Lakes scooter, I should say, was generally about 20 years. We're about 20 years past that. Yeah, that's a good good old Saturn view. Yeah, that's... Yes, the Ralph Simmons was the Saturn view. Of boats. Um, so there were questions uh, among the nautical set as to whether or not uh, the Ralph Simmons was even seaworthy at this point. Uh, but Schooneman needed a pretty fast ship and the price was decent. So Yep. Didn't off, really matter. Nope. Off you went. Uh, the price of that ship was also pretty important as the rest of Schooneman's uh, business ventures were doing the opposite of well. A court in Milwaukee County had records of Captain Santa declaring bankruptcy <laughs> right around this time, thanks to a debt from one of his saloons to the tune of about $1,200. What did he give, like, what did he want to give them in return, like? Uh, oh, he just put, the, he just, yeah, he just put the, he was unable to satisfy the debt. I assume he was making, like, tiny wooden rocking yeah. horses and, like, nutcrackers and yeah. stuff to give them as gifts. Yeah. Perhaps he was putting oranges in their socks. Yes. And they're like, you're supposed to do that when I'm asleep. Not, and also, not me, in court. Give me actual money. Yeah, and we can't we can't keep you out of jail with oranges, bro. Yeah. We got to come up with some cash. <laughs> uh, Rickets, though. Yep. <laughs> Which ties back to the ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And this beautiful, rich tapestry continues. So he also. Uh, Schooneman had also sunk money into a Christmas tree farm of his own in Michigan, right? He's trying to cut out the middleman. Sure. And he had, you know, three girls that he had to support. Mm. Um, so the Ralph Simmons was basically all he'd get his hands on to keep his one successful business moving. And by now, the Great Lakes schooner was a, of a dying breed. Mm. A lot of, you know, steamers and cruisers were, were starting out uh, to gain more favor, we should say, on the Great Lakes. So... They were like, yeah, it's basically he bought, like, the 96 Camry of boats. 
Yeah. I liked my analogy a little more. I don't know why you changed it. Because I had a 96 Camry, so it's a it's a reference. It's something from my world. Like, it's a reference I can understand. Fine. I've never even, I've, I've never even been in your Saturn. Not one time. Well. Okay. It, it but exists. We both, yeah, I know. I, I just, I've never seen you two together. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So, to recap, uh... Beautiful Christmas ship. Yeah. He has a wonderful outfit. He's completely bankrupt. He has his own Christmas tree farm. And he's, like, just, he needs to, needs Christmas to really save him. Every mm-hmm. year. Uh, <coughs> 1912, the week of Thanksgiving was especially rough for the late season runners on Lake Michigan. The lake was being just pounded by storms, and reports were coming in uh, across the lake to Chicago that many of the ships wouldn't be making their runs this year. Schooneman sent word that the Rouse Simmons would be making the trip as usual, uh, thus making his ship the only one selling trees in all of Chicago that year. Uh, Many on his crew were less into the idea than Captain Santa was. Uh, Obviously, Schooneman's thinking a lot about money right now, um, and also the fact that he has no competitors now. He can sell trees for whatever the fuck he wants, Mm -hmm. as many as he wants. Mm -hmm. Around November 21st of that year, Uh, one member of his crew quit. Uh, he would later tell reporters that he was spooked by the sight of rats leaving the ship. That's it. Yeah. Now, I'm not a boat doctor. Yeah. But, rats leaving a ship is generally, uh, not a good sign. But the reindeer would have left, too, if they weren't shackled. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're yoked onto the front, though. They someone's gotta pull it. Uh... (laughs) Still, on, on that day, on November 21st, uh, Henry Schooneman loaded the Ralph Simmons as heavy as, as heavy as he could. Why not? A record haul for him. 10,000 trees in the holds and tied right onto the deck. Because it's fucking go time, right? Uh, dock workers and his crew tried to persuade him once again not to make the trip, but in true cra- Captain Santa style, he said to have remarked, quote, children are waiting for Christmas to come. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he had as much spirit... As he did crippling debt, so away he went. Yeah, bye. On November 22nd, the Rouse Simmons was spotted for the first time off the Wisconsin coast. They were spotted by a life-saving crew off the coast of Kiwani. She was being rocked pretty hard in the rough water, and uh, the flag was at half-mast, which is the international nautical symbol of a ship in distress. Or if you know that a former president has died. Yeah, Yeah. or someone on the ship is dead and they're in mourning. That's where half-mast it's not just presidents? No, half mass started in the Navy. Oh! Because you would put your flag and your sails at half-mast to show, like, an outward symbol of grief from the ship. You see, I uh-huh. learned something just now. I was trying to make a HW joke, and... You were. You Topical. <laughs> I like it. Took it right out of my mouth and turned around and learned me something. See, what we're trying to do here is call... Edutainment. Okay, great. Education and entertainment. I see I put them together. That's wordplay. Mm. Now you learn two things. I did. Yeah. I knew about wordplay, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. The Rouse Simmons is very clearly in distress off the waters of Kiwani. Uh, The Kiwani station sent for their tugboat to pull the ship in, uh, but the tugboat was already on another assignment uh, and was unable to respond. So Kiwani radioed to the station at Two Rivers, who managed to send a powerboat out to try and retrieve the Rouse Simmons, or at the very least, retrieve her crew. 
The snow, icy wind, and rough waves made the trip out to the Ralph Simmons estimated position very difficult. You just do it. You're stroking him like a cat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so difficult, in fact, that uh, the life-saving crew never found her. Mm. Yeah. Uh, reports went out across the country that the Christmas tree ship and her famous captain were nowhere to be found. In the days that followed, balsam and fir trees washed up for miles along the Wisconsin coast. Uh, it took only days and the reports of three other ships sinking during that storm for crews to give up the search for the ship. Yeah. Uh, on December 13th, a message in a bottle was recovered. It read, quote, no. Friday. No. Everybody, goodbye. <laughs> I guess we are all through. Sea washed over our deck on Thursday. During the night, the small boat was washed over. Leaking bad. Ingvald and Steve fell overboard Thursday. God help us. Herman Schumann. End quote. Hmm. This is the saddest thing ever. Let's give everyone a minute to just process what is probably one of the most significant bummers of the year right now. That's, that's rough. Everybody, goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Just right in the first line. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a heartbreaker. I mean, get the tough stuff out right away. Yeah. And then the details. Although, you have to think, that letter is just absolutely invaluable to yeah. people who research uh, and investigate shipwrecks, because that kind of stuff almost never... I know, that that bottle situation actually worked Ooh. is bonkers. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he gives, he, he gives the date, mm-hmm. uh, and... Basically every detail. Yeah, smart of him to know to do that. I mean, he's a ship captain, so I'm sure that's second nature, but... Right. Um, But yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Gives me the the shivers a little bit. Yeah. Um, Well, the Midwest mourned the loss of Captain Santa. The Schooneman women he left behind got to work. Yep. In 1913, a new ship pulled into the dock at the Clark Street Bridge. Tied on top of her mast was a snow-covered balsam, and at the helm was the late captain's wife. Barbara Schooneman, and their eldest daughter, Elise. That's badass. Right? Just yep. right back on the horse. Excuse me, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> the Schooneman women kept the Christmas tree ship alive for 23 more years before retiring the business. Um, by the way, uh, Captain Santa's death was never uh, officially uh, confirmed until 1924 when they found his wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrapped his wallet in uh, oil skin um, and was able to waterproof it, so all of his shit was inside it, like, preserved. Uh, just, like, yeah. the way you have to prepare your shit for your death. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't go on boats. No, no. Because there's only one way to go, and yeah. it's down. Yeah. If shit happens, you're just. It's down. Davy yeah. Jones Locker. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, today, by the way, the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Mackinac continues the generous spirit of the Schooneman family, uh, at Navy Pier in Chicago. Um, it's called Operation Christmas Ship, mm-hmm. uh, and they load the deck with trees and give them out to needy families, uh, for a couple days every year. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, good for you, Chicago. Look at you. You did one goddamn good thing with your miserable, shitty lives. Indeed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the whereabouts of the Ralph Simmons remained a mystery until 1971. When, what's-his-face found it? James Cameron went down his little thing, and he found it. Yeah, he was looking for the safe, Mm -hmm. and he opened it, and it was just paintings. Ah, that's beautiful. Of, like, just just naked ladies with just really... Naked Santas! Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of weird antler porn. It was just bananas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Master Diver Kent Bell Richard went looking for uh, the steamer, the Vernon, which sank in 1888 off the coast of Two Rivers. Uh, he lost his, his dive light failed. Um, when he was about halfway down. Fuck, no. Um, I'm gonna just die then. Right? Yeah. And he encountered a wreck at the depth of uh, 170 Seriously. Yeah. I know that that's what you're, like, going after. Like, you're going down there to find a wreck, but in the dark? But then you find one? (laughs) And then, like, what if there is, like, underwater ghosts? There are. For sure. Like an army of skeleton pirates just waiting to plunder you. I've seen movies. Yeah. Uh, so he encounters a wreck at a depth of 172 feet, and he feels along the hull of the ship, um, and discovers, much to his surprise, that uh, he's found the Ralph Simmons. Um, so the lettering and like you know whatever um, yeah. was a good was a good help for him, but also uh, he found just thousands of bare and needled Christmas trees all over the wreck site. That's a ghost They're forest. All over the That's place. That's a ghost forest. Yeah. Including, like, there's a bunch of them still stacked up in the holds, just uh, like they were. Yeah. Um, investigations of the wreck seem to show that Schooneman was steering towards two rivers when it went under. Uh, was likely helped along by uh, the unfastening of the ship's front mast and anchors that tipped noseward and probably dropped her straight under the water. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, he was already taken on water. There was no lifeboat. Like, that was probably... I'm so creeped out right yeah. now. Yeah. Um... Didn't see any skeletons, though, in the pictures. He's lying. Um, well, no, lying. We, I yeah, didn't right. in, the, in the pictures. They may have cleaned them up. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Photoshop them out. I think they... Isn't that your worst, like, feel? That would be the worst fear of, um, if I was to be an underwater archaeologist, was just finding, like, a whole bunch of skeletons and shit. What? Oh, yeah, the Christmas tree on the nose of the ship? Isn't that bananas? myself I ever saw this in real life. <laughs> look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's just holding one. He's super into it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, I believe the Ralph Simmons is, um, part of the protected, like, yeah. Shipwreck sanctuary yeah. area, uh, up there. So you can't go stealing Christmas trees and shit from him. Yeah. Um, I Besides, th- if you do, there's probably, like, a bone hand on it and shit. Like, it's, I wouldn't. Now, I think the rule is, and now I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> okay. But I thought the rule was that you, like, where bodies go, that's where they go, unless they're, like, unless it's, like, a plane crash or something like that. But if it's, like, a shipwreck, and yeah, like, like you're just interred where you're you land. You're interred where you land. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Unless you float up. Right, and then you're up for grabsies. Which would happen in which would happen in a lake like Michigan, where the water tends to get a little bit warmer on the surface, right? And the bodies are gonna. Oh, we know how how water works with yeah. dead bodies um, in springtime. But like Lake Superior, the water stays so cold yeah. uh, that the gases in your body doesn't don't expand. Yeah, so you never surface. Great. Uh, I think we because we did a story when I was in the radio. Um, about Edmund Fitzgerald, and uh, one of the guys that we talked to, one of the shipwreck experts up there, uh, used the phrase, no bloat, no float. Yeah. Which, you gotta love just yeah. a really snappy, morbid saying yep. like that. You don't forget yeah. it. You don't, <laughs> and that's the <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, but in Lake Michigan, they popped up, and they're all eaten by fish, is yeah. what happens. And then yeah. your bones yeah. just go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, but Jesus Christ, what a way to go, huh? Yeah. Uh, sucks. Um, I think, you know, this is take two for you folks at home, little inside baseball for you. Uh, somebody, we're not going to name names, uh, fucked up saving the audio recording and it's lost. Nolan. Much like the Ralph Simmons. Nolan. Right? Um, but I think we processed the, the sad a little bit. I think we got some of the sad out when we first encountered I was that no, way sadder the first time. Yeah, you like almost cried. Yeah. Um, which I think I got you like three times now. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep trying. We'll yeah. We'll get you full-blown we'll, yeah. sobbing on the yeah, show before fine. we end it. That's fine. We can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's there's your bright, happy Christmas time story for you folks. As we head into the Yuletide. I'll try to think of something murdery for next week, or... Yeah. You know. Oh, by the way, a fan called you out on Instagram. <sighs> See that? No. Oh, well, I'll show it to you later, but... Well, no, now I want to address it. Show it to me now, <laughs> and I will say something to well, their you ears. you access to the Instagram thing. Go to the, go to the, the Muskrat House. You're going to have to cut out this, this little search. No, everything stays in. I want it to feel natural. I want it to feel like real life. There you go. Oh, here, I'm going to find it. Yeah, you're going to have to. Okay. Uh, A a John Warmoth? John Warmoth can go fuck himself. I know exactly who this is. He is a very dear friend of mine. And read what what this jabroni has to say. So he he has a little little meme posted. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has, like, a goth, a goth girl on the top. Yeah. Uh, and it says, yeah, I'm into horror movies, serial killer docs, and murder mystery podcasts. I'm not scared of anything. Guess you could say I just got a stronger stomach than most. Uh, and then at the bottom, it shows her in front of one of those uh, McMansions. And it says, you could also say I have an unrealistic sense of immortality born from my sheltered life of privilege. <laughs> and then he wrote, me when I get into the Mary Muskrat House episodes. Uh... To which I responded, accurate. Yeah, yeah. He grew up in, his family is of the Lava Lamp family. And he grew up until, I will see him on Christmas Day. (laughs) We are, we are quite close. Okay, so you guys, I'm sure you guys will work it out. I mean, maybe. Or I'll stab him. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I mean, basically, he's saying put up or shut up. Yeah. So, if he doesn't get a knife wound, you have wasted your entire life. I'll give, him a, I'll give him a little stabby stab. Yeah. Oh, I can <laughs> no. kill him. I like him. Well, right. Just I know a couple little... ways you can get him where the bleeding would be minimal exactly. and recovery would Just be pretty little, swift. Just little butt cuts. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, John, you have to look John, cool. I'm going to butt cut you on Christmas Day. Not unlike <laughs> Screech. Oh, God. Yeah, you gotta, you got you to gotta Screech him now. Uh, for the rest of you folks, you are safe from uh, <laughs> Mary's hysterical knife attacks. Uh, but, you know, I-, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday uh, in whatever holiday you choose to celebrate. If you're like Hanukkah folk, oh, right. ha- happy Hanukkah next year. Or yeah, or ha- I, hope you, a, a, I hope you had a great one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, do you have anything before we go? <clears throat> no. You never do. That's what I love about you. (laughs) Tune in next week and let's get weird.